Thanks for tuning in to What is the Point? This podcast is tailored for those navigating their 20s and 30s who want to end up somewhere on purpose. We promise to keep the conversation real and honest as we ask ourselves this question. What's the point in all the different facets of our life? It's our desire that you would gain practical handles to these deeper questions we ask ourselves every single day. So with that being said, let's hop into this week's episode of What is the Point? Well, hello and welcome to another incredible episode of What is the Point? Uh, my name is Jordan Deese, and I'm joined with my incredible co-host, John Martz. Hey, everybody. And Heather Harmon. <laughs> What's up? Well, we're going to be diving into one of the uh, topics that is on a lot of young adults' minds literally every second of the day. And just to, just to title it, because I have thought of a title in my head, it comes from the uh, philosopher slash gospel music artist slash fashion designer Kanye West. Just, oh, okay. Slash Kim Kardashian's husband. Okay. <laughs> we will not refer to him as that. He is Kanye West. Yeah. We're going to call this Wait Till I Get My Money Right, because we're going to be talking about all things wow. finance and money as it relates to young adults. Isn't this incredible? This is going to be great. When you said something that comes to every young adult's mind all the time, <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. But money, yeah, that's a good one. Money, money is the... One B. Yes. To what you <laughs> right under, referring to. Underneath. I love so, it. Uh, to kick this off, I always like to uh, kind of gauge where somebody has been in their life. So I want to know, where did you guys get your first paycheck from? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay, okay. By the way, let, hold, let me preface a little bit. Let me preface a little bit. The oh, whole no. reason. Why are we talking about money today, Jordan? Oh, I don't know. Why are we talking about money? Okay, because here's the deal. We, we, shot out, uh, we shot out a little, um, hey, what do you guys want to hear about from the podcast? And like exponentially above any other yeah. was money. finances. Yeah, money. money. Mm-hmm. How to handle your money. And so uh, this is just such an important thing in so many areas of life. It just it, it bleeds into so many areas. But yes, my first paycheck, um, mm-hmm. you guys aren't going to believe this. Yeah, no, we know. probably will. <laughs> well, obviously not counting the ones from my dad uh for doing like like lawn mowing for him or something like that um sonic 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 wow. you yeah, know i believe that why would yes. we believe that and your decent i have talked about this yes. i ate more food than i actually yes, oh my god yeah made money wise can so. you eat sonic still or are you like absolutely burnt out? absolutely <laughs> I, I, love that. I never get burned out on anything <laughs> i love that all right, Heather, cool. where's your first paycheck from? Um, I think it was, there's a little diner in Ash Grove, Missouri called Copper Grill. You think? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know if they actually paid you I mean, or I, she yeah, burned no, it down? I sh- they shouldn't have paid me. I was so bad. I was terrible. Um, but yeah, that was my, that was probably my first paycheck. Well, then we're three for three on the food service industry because <laughs> my first go. one was from Dairy Queen. No. The good old DQ. I worked as a grill cook in the back, and anytime there was an ice cream mistake up front, yes. I was the human garbage disposal. <laughs> ice cream mistake. I feel so bad for anybody that we served. I, oh, I, yeah. Awful employee. Um, <laughs> yeah, I ate a lot of french fries, a lot of onion rings, and a ton of ice cream. So, uh <laughs> Those are the first places we ever got paid. Now, obviously, we've had different jobs and different uh, areas of income since then. Mm-hmm. But right now, we're going to focus on how do we manage the money that we have? How do we view money? What do finances, what, do, what does the role of money play in the, in the lives of young adults? 
all yeah. over the place. And I know, um, I understand we're talking to a wide audience here, um, just because I know some young adults make six-figure paychecks, yep. and some don't even have $6 to their name. So what we want to share today, uh, probably more or less are, are principles rather than like situational yes. finances. Yeah. Uh, just that's probably what's going to be most helpful. But um, yes, if you do get an email from the King of Nairobi needing money, just go ahead and send it. Okay. <laughs> just send it. It's real. <laughs> it is real. You, give me your social security number or whatever you need. So uh, as we're framing our discussion today, what do you guys think is the biggest challenge that young adults face when it comes to money or what's the biggest challenge that you face when it comes to to money um i think for me this was true like graduating two years ago for me it was just like one where do i start like what's the most important um and i think now even two years into like my professional career of two years of a salary paying job i'm still kind of asking my question like is what I'm doing enough or am I doing the right things or am I totally neglecting an area that is super important for this phase of my life? Um, And I just think there's so much to think about when it comes to money and finances from like saving, paying off debt. I mean, obviously a lot of people have student loans and car loans or credit card loans. And then there's like retirement and 401k. And I also want to save for a house. And there's so much, I think just practically there's so much to think about. And so I think we kind of get caught up of like, I don't even know if I'm doing the right thing, let alone all of these things I want to do in the future. Yeah, and I'm glad that you hit the practical side. I'll, I'll take a different approach, more of the the psychological side. And, and here's, man, one of the biggest challenges I still face, but I know young adults face this, and it's, it's that um, appearances are deceptive. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> what's the saying like only when the tide comes in you find out who is skinny dipping um but (laughs) appearances are deceptive because here's the deal so many of us look at the person with you know with the 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 great car you know the nice house and you know you look through all these variables but you have no idea what their financial situation looks like and especially in college you know probably the guy who's driving like an O2 Pontiac, um, you know, work to picking up a second job to get through school, shopping at the thrift store. It could potentially be better off than, you know, the person with the Patagonia sweatshirt and the AirPods <laughs> and the Apple watch getting Starbucks every day. So yeah. appearances are deceptive and just understanding that. Yeah. I mean, just that doesn't explain your financial situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's helpful for us to frame our minds around we're at the very beginning of our (laughs) like earning lives, right? We're, we're on the very front end of it. You have years and years and years to, to do it. And I think so often we put so much pressure on ourselves because there are, there's so many different directions you can go with money. You can, you can, uh, you can choose to save for retirement or you can choose to, to buy the newest iPhone. Like you can, there's so many different directions to go. So we put so much pressure on ourselves thinking if I mess this up, Mm -hmm. I might mess up the entire rest of my life, Mm -hmm. but no pressure. It's 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 okay. It's okay. Money's. I'll big... give I'll give you the five steps, and one of them's writing <laughs> no. a check to me every month. <laughs> but so just take a breath. Yeah. Don't stress out about the finances. Uh, we've actually kind of put our brains together, me, John, and Heather, and have <laughs> tried to come up with a clear direction to be able to take that first step. Because, like you said, Heather, yeah. you don't know just where to go. Mm-hmm. So what we've tried to do is we've come up with three questions just to start off and frame the conversation. How can I take the first step and get my mind wrapped around what this looks like financially? So the three questions that we came up with were, 
to start like, where have you been with your money, right? What does what, what your past look like with money? Where are you now and where are you going? And Heather's going to take, where have I been with money and explain that a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think, I mean, going back to just growing up and seeing how our parents handle money, how they spend their money, how they talk about money or if they talk about money. Um, so whether or not we know it, I think subconsciously the way that we see our big people, our adults when we're younger, <laughs> handle things like finances, it really shapes our lives yeah. in the way that, that we conduct that when we're older. And I mean, for me, my parents, we, we weren't rich growing up. I didn't, I mean, I, I never went or wanted for anything. I mean, I was blessed that my parents made a ton of sacrifices and traveled the country for me to play basketball so that I could get a free education. And, um, but we never went on vacations. There weren't extravagant trips. There weren't in like the, like we, there weren't expenses that we didn't need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was always okay with that because like I said, you know, I, I had a great childhood and everything like that, but I've realized now stepping into my adult life that that's really shaped the way that I view money, the way that I want to spend money. And for me, uh, just in full transparency, I've realized that for me, sometimes money is synonymous with security. Yeah. Um, and I think while in some ways at some level, that's probably true to an extent. Um, I think I kind of lean on that security sense for money a little too much. And maybe that's why I will be 25 this year and still living at my parents' house. (laughs) 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 Um, but I just think, you know, we, especially in my family, we didn't really talk about money growing up too. So it was never something we talked about. It was never like, Hey, we do or do not have money for that. It's just like, no, that's the answer. Um, and so for that reason, like stepping into a relationship with Christ and going to church, I didn't know that like the church could talk about money. And like, I always thought that that's like a super taboo topic, but really once I started getting into like the Bible talks a lot about money, it talks a lot about financial struggles. It Mm -hmm. talks a lot about greed. It talks a lot about stewardship. And so, um, I think my childhood growing up with two parents who are amazing and raised me, you know, perfectly fine, but, um, that's definitely shaped the way that I view money as an adult. Yeah. So just like, everything else in life. It it matters like where you came from with it. So everything that you're thinking of in terms of money or anxiety or stress right now is a result usually of how you grew up or how, how it was framed when you were a kid. And it just kind of carries on through your life. So that's a great look at how do I look at money where I've come from now, John, where are we, where are we now? Where do you feel like that question helps young adults today. Mm. And uh, I'll just say very similar upbringing from Heather other than the basketball player free scholarship school (laughs) stuff. Uh, You're missing the point. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. I just had to elaborate on that. All right. I have different skills. Okay. Okay. I just remind myself that. Um, (laughs) But no, I I think there's a couple different ways to look at it. And I've already hinted on a little bit of whether money being psychological or or physical or emotional Mm -hmm. and all this stuff matters. So I, I know very similar. If I had to do some deconstructing in my own life and really audit, you know, how do I use my money? How do I spend my money? How do I see my money? Um, even for me right now, I'm, I'm with Heather. It's very security driven. It's psychological for me. Mm-hmm. I just want to have it in the bank and that makes me feel good. That makes yeah, me feel absolutely. safe. Um, you know, I don't want to be one, you know, my car breaks down one day and now I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's never a spot I want to be. And, um, so I'm kind of a hoarder when it comes to that. I know a lot of people are are more emotional with it. You know, maybe you have a breakup and you go on a shopping spree. Um, (laughs) hi, I'm a red flag. Nice to meet you. Like, um, you're probably seeing money as something that's more emotional. And I know that there's also obviously the physical part of money of, 
appearances are a big motivator you know i yeah. i, I want to show off my materialistic um you know abilities of i can spend money on this and be okay um and so here's what i challenge you to do really dig deep um obviously for me kind of looking at it psychological i love the security but that's that's kind of what i'd challenge each one of you to do to see where you at right now and a lot of it is probably based on your past and where you're from mm-hmm. yep yeah, and that's great. It just helps us to be able to take practical steps of realizing where we're at with money because then it helps us drive to where I want to go. Yeah. And so uh, for me, anytime I think about the future, it gives you just a little bit of anxiety in your life. I don't know about you. That's how I am. And so <laughs> the way that I like to think about uh, my financial goals for the future, I know that sounds scary, uh, is that I never want to make decisions based on money. I think yeah. I've I've gotten the piece of advice from people I, I trust that are older than me that it's just it it can steer you the wrong direction if you're making choices for your future purely based on money. Yeah. If, how much money I can make? Will this job allow me the opportunity to make more money than the one I'm currently at? I, I think the the biggest piece of advice I've gotten is uh, in terms of financial goals is make decisions based on what you value rather than. The, the money involved. Yes. Always come from a place of, okay, what do I uh, want to do? Do I want to be a generous person? Do I want to steward my money well? I think as as I've grown up a little bit, I've gotten a little bit of years behind me in terms of making some money. Uh, I've learned the value of sticking true to who I want to be mm-hmm. and who I want to become. Mm-hmm. And I would rather make decisions based on I want to be known 20 years from now as somebody that uh, it, when somebody was in need, I could step up and be help and hope to them in a moment. I could put my arm yeah. around them and say, I've got your back. Uh, I want to help however I can. And to be able to do that, I can't just make decisions purely off of money. I have to be uh, value driven yeah. as a person. Can I ask a question about that? Because yeah. I think this is something like practically that I'm actually walking through like today. So I think like as young adults, we're obviously we're starting our careers. There's going to be opportunities for advancement where like, yeah, practically there's going to be more money on the yes. table. Yes. And so I think at least for me sometimes too, I try to be super careful of like, I don't want this decision to be driven by money, but like, I would also like to make new more money <laughs> and I don't yeah. think that's wrong. So I think my question is just like, how do we keep that in check? Like, how do we know that we are making our decisions, whether it be in career or whatever, for me, this scenario that I'm giving you totally hypothetical, not actual in my life at all right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, totally, totally. <laughs> how do you keep that in check and make sure that it's not only a money based decision? Yeah. I think for me, I like to think of it as, uh, I wrote it down this way. If I'm driven by, by money, I can be persuaded by money. Oh, uh, if I'm driven by my values, then I can only be persuaded by things that like attach to who I think I'm purposed to be. So if, if we frame our minds around like, okay, I can make more money here or I can make more money there. Mm-hmm. What it does is we allow the whatever dollar sign attached to that to start to think in our mind, like that's what the value I bring to that person. That's how money yeah. works, right? That's it's a transaction. It's, yeah. it's a transaction. I bring value and you yep. pay me for that value. So what I've tried to do in my life, because I've, again, I've just been around people that have uh, given me great advice. I always want to provide more value than my my paycheck says. Mm-hmm. I always want to approach whatever job I'm in, whatever thing I'm chasing after. I want to provide more value. I don't care if you pay me a million dollars. I'm going to give you 1.5 million amount in of value. value. Oh. Because <laughs> I, I'm never, 
I'm never uh, based on my paycheck. I am always above it because it's the money doesn't place a value on me. What has placed value on me is God, and He's given me a purpose to chase after. Yeah, and, and all this is a perspective shift. I mean, I think about one of. <laughs> Well, one of the most grossly taken out of context verses, Philippians 4, 13. Yeah. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's actually a financial, like there, there's a before to that mm-hmm. where it says, I, it, it, like the full verse, Philippians 4, 12 through 13 says, I know what it is to be in need yeah. and I know what it is to have plenty. I've, uh, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in one, I can do all things through yeah. him who gives me strength. And so right. I think it's just understanding the perspective shift is let me, let me see um, God's answer of whether I get decreased in finances or increased in finances yeah. as a positive direction. Mm-hmm. And that's not easy to do, but just understanding what if they decreased your pay? Mm-hmm. Would you still work at the same level that you worked at right now? Yeah. Well, no, I'd be mad and I wouldn't give it. And I, right. you know, I'd take Fridays off and I'd go golfing, you know, and <laughs> right, whatever. Right, right. Um, if that's the case, then I think that's a hard issue that has nothing to do with the dollar amount that they're paying yeah. you. Yep. And True. so just understanding it's positive direction, whether it's a decrease or increase in finances. Yeah. Good. Money is powerful and it can control you unless you flip it on its head and you say, no, 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 no. It's not just a budgeting thing. It's not just a, uh, I, sp- I spend less than I make. It mm. really is like money can take control of your heart and mm-hmm. start to drive you in directions that you never wanted to go. The root yeah. of all kinds of evil. All, every single kind. <laughs> so just to, to ask another question to you guys, how has uh, your walk with Jesus, how has Christianity, uh, how has your view of scripture changed the way that you've approached your finances over the, over the years? Yeah, that's good. I think I kind of touched on that earlier when I, you know, spoke about thinking that they had to be separate, like church and the talk about money or just Christianity in general, my walk with Jesus um, and my walk with money. Um, I hate that. I just said a walk with money. (laughs) I'm not walking with with money. money. (laughs) Challenge me. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it really is just getting a new perspective. And really, this is true of every area of my life in relationships, dating, sex, money, everything. I became a Christ follower, um, I really had to just like unlearn all of that and relearn it um, based on what scripture says, what the Bible says, what godly community says about that. And so finances is honestly like if I'm being, if I'm being transparent, it's something that I'm currently walking through and like just preparing for this podcast. um, That's when I really realized how much the the Bible talks about finances. And so one of the, um, the verses specifically that really stood out to me, I love the message version of it because it's titled a salary of smoke. (laughs) And I just love how dramatic that is. Um, but it's Ecclesiastes five, and I'm just going to read a little bit of, um, the message version of that. So verse 10 says the one who loves money is never satisfied with money, nor the one who loves wealth with big profits, more smoke, the more loot you get, the more looters show up. And what fun is that to be robbed in broad daylight, hard and honest work earns a good night's sleep whether supper is beans or steak but a rich man's belly gives him insomnia um, and that goes on through verse 20 and I, I I just really love the the transparency and the bluntness of that verse of like we seek security and money but at the end of the day it's smoke like it's it's as fleeting as smoke it's as useless as smoke and so um, it's been a, a big encouragement in my life to to not shy away and try to keep the two separate, but really realizing that like, I'm actually, this money actually isn't mine. (laughs) Like it's God's and he's just trusting me with it and to see if I can be a steward with it. And, um, I don't know what other verse this is in the Bible, but, and I don't even know if it's talking about specifically finances, but when God trusts you with a little, 
and you not that you have to like prove anything to him or whatever, but then you will be trusted with a lot. Um, And so that's just been an encouragement to me is to not try to keep the two separate and to really like the Bible has the answer for every aspect of your life. But um, for me, it's just having to remind myself daily, like it's a salary of smoke. It's all fleeting. And it's really at the end of the day, not yours. So. Yeah, I think that's actually also could be the parable of the the, the rich fool. I think yeah. it's another version that they call it. And I mean, that's very interesting. And, and you know, even one of the, the big shifts in my mind, which, you, you, you know, you kind of stated this as well, is just in Matthew where it's, you know, whatever your, your treasure is there, the desires of your heart will also be. Yeah. And so many times we have that backward. We think, um, you know, most people think wherever your heart goes, then your treasure will follow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's backward. Um Jesus saw the condition of our spiritual lives um, intimately tied to how we manage our money. And so uh, here we handle money and express how it is in our hearts. So for me, what I've kind of thought through, especially over the last couple of years. So I, I grew up in a, in a church setting. So I've been around uh, the church from my birth, basically I've been in, (laughs) I've been in a church. So, uh, so the way I viewed uh, I don't know, generosity giving is that's what kept the church doors open, yeah. right? Like you give your money to a church and that's what keeps them open. So as I've gotten older and as I've now entered from uh, not really having money to be generous with to now having some to be generous Loads with. of money. And <laughs> literally so much money. <laughs> Either of you ever heard of the term dink? No. Yes, double, double income, income, no, no kids. kids. That's Jeez. where I'm at. The life, and it is, no it way. is a hundred percent the life. But we've had to learn how to manage our money because of it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so the biggest uh, biblical shift that I've made in the last couple of years is that uh, the concept of like sowing and reaping and the concepts of tithing are very real principles in our in our lives and in our world and they're not just like words written down in a bible like what you what you give is actually returned to to you uh in abundance like even yeah. more than you give i i now don't look at it as like oh like i have to i'm giving this yeah. i i have to be generous because this is something that you do but i actually see the return on investment with it that I can see, like, especially with, here at North Point, like, yeah. I can see that the money I give every single week actually makes a difference in the people around me. Absolutely. I can see people um, interacting right now uh, during all of this on Facebook and saying how my life was changed because of this church. Yeah. I can see the people being baptized and coming back up with tears running down their eyes. Mm. And I can see that what I see is what I am giving makes a difference. My generosity actually does make a difference. And my sowing is actually being returned to me and I'm seeing how good God is based off the little that I have to give. And so as I've gotten older and as that's kind of expanded my mind, what it does is the more generous I I am, the more generous I want to be because I want to be able to see that on a bigger and bigger scale. I love that. You're basically, I've heard a different you know, speakers say like the way to dethrone greed is generosity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you start to, you know, oh man, I get an itching for Amazon. Yep. I'm getting an itching for some online shopping. I'm getting an itching to go to Target. Okay. I know I'm targeting some people right now. <laughs> um, 
You know, he looked directly at me when he said that. <laughs> I only go to the five dollar aisle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, it, seriously, when you start getting itching for those things, and you're just like, man, why do I want to spend money so bad? Uh, man, that's greed in your life. And yeah. how do you dethrone that? Exactly what Jordan is saying there. Uh, that's generosity. It's doing the opposite of what you would you would think, and you're going to find a lot of joy from that. Yeah. yeah. And I like also what you said about like when you give, you receive in abundance and not necessarily you receive financially in right, abundance. Right. Like I think there's also a misconception of like, okay, well, if I am generous with my money, if I do tithe, if I do donate to whatever, then like I will be rewarded financially for that later. But you're saying like I'm rewarded for that from that like in the way that I see life change in my right. community, in my church. And I think that's just important to note because it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't always mean like I'm going to give a little and I'm going to get a lot of money in return. Right. Value driven. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, just to, to hit on that. So I, I talked about the double income, no kids. So uh, <laughs> our, me and my wife's first two year and a half of marriage, it, I was, I was the one working and she was still in school when she graduated and it, it was basically like our income doubled. So we weren't very smart with money at, at the beginning because we're, again, we're learning all of this just like everybody is. Yeah. Uh, and what happened was when it, our income doubled, we didn't really see a drastic, like, uh, like gap in our, <laughs> yes. our expense. Like we were still spending up to the max yes. every month. And yes. I'm sitting there like, wait, what happened? Like I thought we, because we made more money, like now like life was going to be good. We could kick back and we could do whatever. You're such a sucker for manicures. Uh, you just a hundred percent. I just couldn't get away. So what, what ended up happening is that when we sat down and actually like set up practical steps to yeah. say like, okay, we need to budget and we need to live below this. I was actually shocked about how, uh, I didn't feel like it was that much of a sacrifice. Like it was just <laughs> learning to say like, okay, uh, now I have a name to everything that I'm spending and I'm not spending on a bunch of stupid stuff because it's just racking up in my head yeah. and I, I don't actually put it down anywhere. And now I'm learning how to do it. So being a, a, a steward of the money, actually it, it doesn't like, it, it doesn't restrict you and it doesn't like cause you to all of a sudden be like poor <laughs> but what it does, it just sets guidelines in place for you to say, okay, now I can actually know what's happening. Yeah, where in, it's going. In my life. So just thinking through that and thinking through my life, uh, what is like the most practical advice that you've ever gotten when it comes to, to managing your money? I'll just hit it straight up. Um, <laughs> it, and here's what I'd say. This is just a strategy, but having a strategy is better than no strategy. Yes. So, yes. so don't, you know, say this is the only way to do it. And it's a way to do it. And um, also just understanding some of you may be starting in a different spot. So you need to be more aggressive with your strategy than this. Yep. So um, just understand that. But the, the, the first principle is just live, live beneath your means. Yep. Okay. Just be content with what you have live beneath your means. And, and this is how you can practically do that. Um, and I've been taught this from a kid and, you know, obviously I've, I've shifted from a little bit of this, but still a lot of this is prevalent. It's called the 10, 10, 80 plan. Super simple. 10% goes to God. That's your tithe. Yes. 10% goes into savings, no matter how much you make, even if that's 20 bucks a month. Yeah. And then uh, it, you live on 80%. And if you're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> first, notice that I said the 10s before the 80. Yep. Okay. Because those 10s <laughs> go first and then you live on the 80. It's not like, well, yeah, if I have 10% left over at the end of the month, I will do it. that. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> Never okay. Works. Yeah. And if you're sitting here being like, there's no way I could live on 80% of my income. I live on 110% of my income right now. 
wow, uh, 10% over what I even make. Um, that means that there might need to be some lifestyle changes. You might need to change the apartment that you live in. You might need to downgrade the car that you drive to one that doesn't have payments because you can <laughs> buy it outright and it, it may be a clunker. That's okay. Yes. Live that way. You might need to sell your iPhone or your Apple Watch or you know your AirPods or stop going to Target or I mean, I could go, now the list could go on. Stop, <laughs> stop, stop going to Starbucks every day. Like th- there are things where it's like, hey, if you ca- l- start living off 80% and that's, I mean, that's generous that I, yeah. that we're giving yes. you 80% to live yes. on. Cause that's a lot, still yeah. a lot of money. Um, but that's a super simple plan to start with. And it's an easy place to, to begin and just know, um, that's how you can live beneath your means. Cause if you can live on 80%, that's a pretty great start. Um, so yeah. I think for me, again, I'm more practical, but I think it's just like humbling yourself and asking questions. So like there's, for me, there's areas in your life, not just financially, but like for, for example, like I know I want to be in a position where I'm not struggling financially, then I need to be under mentorship from somebody who is wise with their finances. Mm -hmm. If I want to be, if I want to be married one day, I should be seeking counsel from a married couple. Like there's people ahead of us that have paid the dummy tax. Like don't pay the dummy tax. Like they've paid it for you. (laughs) Like humble yourself, seek counsel, ask questions, be a sponge. Like I, for me, it's my uncle. My uncle is like my financial advisor. He's my career advice guy. And he's in places in his career and his finances in his family that I would love to be one day. So I have to humble myself and come to my uncle and say, Okay, don't judge me, but I'm going to send you my bank account number. (laughs) I'm going to let you look at what's in my bank account and help me. And he's been able, he's helped me for two years. I mean, he's helped me invest, start investing for retirement. He's helped me navigate career change. He's helped me navigate saving, buying a car, saving up for a house, all these things Mm -hmm. that like are honestly really hard for me to do. Like, it's hard for me to be like, hey, help me here. Like, I, I actually need help here. And I just think that's that's so important. Yeah, the way I like to think of that is I'd rather be in the room with the smartest people than be the smartest person in the room. <laughs> yes. like, 100%. I'd rather be around the people that have been there, done that, mm-hmm. and I can just sit there, shut up, and listen to and learn yeah. than try to be the guy that's the expert because yeah. I am not the expert <laughs> yeah. in many things. And you may be sitting here and you're like, honestly, like one, I'm glad they're talking about finances. I like it. Um, but I'm pretty good with my finances yeah. and like the 10 to 80 plan. Like I feel like I've kind of graduated from that and I'm ready to move <laughs> on to something else. You know, I, I, I do have decent influences in my life where I'm spending my money. Well, I just don't make a lot. So yeah. it's yeah. very hard to make a dent. Um, here's something to think through and think about, you know, when you do think about, Hey, having a mentor financially or, you know, being in a room with people that are smarter than you, one easy person, probably maybe that uh, is able to manage their finances a little bit better. And I may be wrong about this, so don't quote me on every business, okay? But your boss might be a little bit better, specifically the one who pays you, okay? And (laughs) here's what I'd say. If you're great at managing your money, you're just like, I do not make very much. A great way to do this is to go to your boss and be like, hey, here's the deal. It looks like you're so good at managing your finances. And and I like to think I'm pretty good, but I always want to be better at it. So would you mind looking over my financials and just seeing if there's any place that I could cut some or, you know, any way I could manage this a little bit better? Because most employers will be like, well, one, I think we need to pay you more. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Because one, you're a great steward of what we've been giving you. And also it doesn't look like you're getting very much. Mm -hmm. And I make quadruple that. So um, I'm just saying that's a thought. Um, Mm -hmm. 
but always be looking even if you're good with your finances you can be better there's yes. always there's always uh, forward progress there yeah yep. I agree with that and I think too like if you are going to have that conversation with your boss like I think that's a really good tip that's a good tool but also like what responsibilities can I add like yes. what and what areas can I and take prove? their advice yeah, you got to be ready to take and their just, advice unfortunately absolutely yep. and like that's it all comes back to humbling yourself like yep. because you might not like the answer to that and then I think too practically like what are you good at that you could make money off of you know like i pick Uh-oh. you know double, what i mean double hustle over here <laughs> side hustle that's that may be another episode right i here. think so honestly <laughs> but there's so many things that we're good at that we just sell ourselves short in and we're sure. like well i like to do this thing and i'm good at it but there's just no opportunity <laughs> someone for else to, is better to monetize yeah like it's it's a lie and well actually maybe it's not but that doesn't matter like there people are will better still pay you for it real yes. estate agents in springfield missouri yes. but i still know people who want to buy and sell homes so i'm gonna get yeah. my license like that's what i did and i've sold a couple of homes and that's helped me tremendously financially in quarantine so it's like there's there's a lot of practical ways that we can do it I agree with talking to your boss I also agree with just like what am I good at that would serve other people well and again not totally driven by money but Mm -hmm. like would would add value somewhere that I could I could monetize yes so many areas of life including financially are driven by what you value yeah so the most important thing you can do is sit down and say okay what do I actually value in life? Do yeah. I value my friends? Do I value my family? Do, like, do I value hard work and excellence? What are the things that are like non-negotiables? What do I value in life? And the easiest way to do that, that I see so many times is just look at what you spend your money on. <laughs> because I can look at your bank yeah. statement and I can see exactly what you value. Data analysis. You, you can, see a lot of food can, in my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You value eating uh, eating yeah. at restaurants all the time. Yeah, yeah. You you value uh, spending money to to look cool for your friends. Like this is what you value. So sit down. Don't let your money dictate your values. You dictate your values, and then let the money flow through those. So yeah, it's good. okay. It's a lot of information. It's a it's a podcast that people have listened to. If they've gotten this far, here's what, <laughs> here's what I want to ask. God bless you. <laughs> at North Point, huge on next steps. Yeah. What is your next step that you should be taking John Martz. Oh gosh. What is I thought Heather was going to go first <laughs> no, I could steal her answer and be like, like yeah, whatever Heather said. Yeah, <laughs> Heather is a genius. She's a realtor. I, I had said, wow, I've written down that same thing. Did you steal that from me right before? Um, I no. get off this podcast. I need something to take with me. Yes. What is the one thing that you would suggest that I should do? Yeah. Um, here's what I think and just what Jordan had just hit on I mean, let's just look at the data. Yeah. Okay. Go back into your bank statements online. Go see what you spend money on. And there's there's managers and different apps to be able to do that too. You might mm-hmm. do a little bit of research, but just start documenting what are your needs, what were your wants, and what were your desires. Yes. Mm-hmm. And those are three. Categorize them. Okay. Because um, a lot of us are like, man, I just don't know where my money's going. I promise you, um, it's not going to needs. When I think about rent, when I think about my car payment, when I think about you know what whatever you have, a mortgage, uh, student, um, loans. student loans, those things are um, needs, and you generally don't put them on a credit card. Okay, <laughs> um, probably a lot of your your credit card payments are for wants and desires, yeah. and so just categorizing that because it even says in Philippians four nineteen. It says, and my God will meet all my needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ. Keyword needs. God will meet all my needs. So uh, not necessarily wants or desires. And so um, just doing an audit of that is just super helpful of seeing where you're at and where you want to go.
Yeah, I think that's a good first step is just doing the audit. But then again, I think the next step is like evaluating in your life who is somebody who I could humble <laughs> myself in front of and, yeah. and say, hey, help me with this. Because um, honestly, that that changed things for me financially. And I mean, I've been living at home this entire time. I've been, you know, but it changed things for me when I was able to to come to somebody and say, you know, I'm not good at this. So like, like, help me here. So I think just identifying again what those unhelpful habits are in your spending and, and what are needs, wants and desires, asking somebody for help. And then honestly, just taking it to God in prayer and saying like, this is an area in my life where I struggle with, I value money. Um, I don't want to value money. I want to be generous. I want to do these things and um, just pray that he will help work on your heart through that. And Jordan D's account services would love to help you with that. Four 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 nine nine nine. Jordan just identified his side hustle. <laughs> this is my side hustle. No, uh, for those of you that are out there living on the the old bank statement budget, like I have this much money in the bank, and so I'm gonna spend up to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the the first thing you should do. Uh, I normally I don't just subscribe to like do this, do what I did because that was the smartest way yeah. to do it. I downloaded one app. It's called Every Dollar. I track literally every single dollar I spend. I set how much I want to spend at the beginning of the month, and then I track Ooh. every single dollar. Ooh. And as as soon as I hit something, I can't say that I'm perfect because I I am over budget sometimes. But <laughs> it just helps to know where I spent my money and how I can start doing it better in the future. Does Every Dollar include your Trump bucks? Uh, it did not because my Trump bucks. Oh, my Trump bucks. Well. Besides two purchases, different podcasts. Sorry, different podcasts. Sorry. Nice. Well, we hope this uh, financial episode of What Is the Point has been helpful. I, has it been helpful for you guys? It has been, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go, talking about. Finances. I'm gonna go tell Mel all the things she can't spend money on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, still good. Well, that's, that's well. Then me and Heather will be the only ones yeah. returning for next week. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that does it for another episode of What Is the Point. We'll see you next time.